Brothers and sisters, congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the passage that we just read together, we find Jesus and his disciples reclining at table at the last evening before Jesus' death. They were about to eat the Passover meal prepared by Peter and John. And during the course of the evening, the Lord continued to instruct the apostles. And one of the things that was on his mind that evening was the kingdom of God. Jesus mentioned it four times in this discourse, in verses 18 and, or 16 and 18, and again in verses 29 and 30. Jesus had already been preaching about, or that the kingdom of God is a present reality. You know those familiar words, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But his words to his apostles here in our text indicate that the kingdom is also a future historical event. The present reality of the kingdom means that we must submit ourselves to the rule of Christ, who is the head of that kingdom. For instance, when we, when we pray, your kingdom come, we confess that we are asking God, rule me with your spirit and word. Fill me with the desire to obey you. Make me eager to serve you so that there would be no other gods in my life. And that petition, your kingdom come, also means that you are asking the Lord Jesus to return on the clouds of heaven to establish his kingdom in its fullness. It means you're asking him to do what he promised. He said, behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. And on that day, on the day when Christ returns, all the wicked will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now it is with this background in mind that we need to read the words of our Lord Jesus in verses 15 and 16. I have eagerly or earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, Jesus told his disciples. For I tell you, I will not eat, that is the Passover, again until it finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now how are we to understand these words of Jesus? For he is saying that he will not partake of the Passover again with his disciples until the Passover finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Was not the Passover fulfilled the following day when Jesus died on the cross? The final and perfect Paschal Lamb. Isn't that what the Feast of Passover had been pointing to throughout the Old Testament era? Because the Passover, as I'm sure you know, was a celebration of the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. It was a reminder of the time that the angel of death had passed them by passed by every Israelite home that had been marked with the blood of that Passover lamb. It was a celebration of Israel's deliverance in the past and the future deliverance of the coming Messiah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Apostle Paul calls Christ the Passover lamb who has been sacrificed. Christ, who is the fulfiller of the law, celebrated the Passover then in accordance with that law. And because Christ is the final and perfect Passover lamb, he also abolished the Passover 
and instituted the Lord's Supper. So anyone who trusts in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, in the blood of Jesus Christ, will be saved from the judgment of God, just as the Israelites were saved from the judgment of the angel of death in Egypt. And so in Jesus Christ, the Passover finds its completion. And yet, the final end to which Jesus Christ is working and continues to work has not been accomplished yet. And we get a glimpse of what that goal looks like in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. There in chapter 5, we read that the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. They sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and nation and people. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And there we have a key, the key to the meaning of Christ's words in our text. Yes, the present reality is that Christ has fulfilled the Passover by shedding his blood for his people, men purchased for God from every tribe and nation and language, but they still need to be gathered in. That's the future historical event that Jesus Christ is alluding to. For when all these people are gathered in, then the final feast of the Lamb will take place. Not the Old Testament Passover, as it it would be an abomination, wouldn't it, for Christians to eat of the flesh of a lamb as a symbol of Christ's death, because the last lamb has been sacrificed. And so instead of a lamb, Jesus Christ took bread and wine. And he made them symbols of the new covenant. And in the kingdom of God, when all those who are in Christ will be gathered around their Lord and Savior in perfect unity, then he will eat and drink with them in the great marriage feast of the Lamb. The apostles who celebrated this last Passover with the Lord Jesus, they probably didn't understand all of this. But they would have understood quite a bit because Jesus told them in verses 29 and 30, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And because the apostles represent the entire church, you can be sure, brothers and sisters, that the conferring of the kingdom and eating and drinking at Christ's table in his kingdom is meant for us as well. And that's the final future goal for which Christ has sacrificed himself. That is what Jesus was trying to convey to his apostles and to us as well. Someday, someday we will sit with him at the table in his kingdom, and there Christ will drink the wine new with us. To drink that wine new with us does not mean that Jesus hopes to drink the Passover wine again, but that he is looking forward to and anticipating a new kind of wine, a better wine, the wine of the kingdom of heaven, the wine of the fruit of redemption, the wine of the fruit of the sacrifice of the last 
Paschal Lamb, the wine of perfect joy, the wine of perfect union with his church, the wine of the water of life. That's what our Lord Jesus had in mind when he talked to his disciples about the kingdom of God that last evening before his death. This is what he was looking forward to. That's what he wants us to look forward to as well. But in order for us to reach this future historical event, Jesus Christ had to partake fully. He had to partake fully of that last Passover. And Jesus Christ, of course, at that time, when he was speaking to his disciples, he knew what that meant for himself. Intense suffering, unspeakable pain and anguish and hellish agony and finally death. And yet, yet he was eager to do this. That's what he said. I have earnestly desired, I eagerly desire to eat this Passover with you with all that in, that what that implied. And our Lord Jesus is eagerly waiting for the day when he will drink the wine new with us in his kingdom. So today we come to the table and the full realization that life today is not yet as it should be. This life is not as good as it gets. We come to this table as broken people People who have broken lives and broken minds and broken bodies. Broken by sin and the consequences of sin. But we also come in the full assurance that our Savior's body was broken for us and his blood shed for us. And that means that our Savior has taken our brokenness upon himself. And so, brothers and sisters, let us also then be eager to celebrate this supper today in eager anticipation of celebrating an even greater supper with our Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Before we sing...